and welcome to the April 8th episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insights on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on the financing of clean energy in Angola, Cape Verde's new financial package from the World Bank, Cameron's efforts to diversify its energy mix, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Diana, over to you. We start off this week's episode with news that the Austria-based organization Sustainable Energy for All, which focuses on the mobilization of investments in favor of countries interested in renewable energy, is looking to support the Angolan authorities to gain access to a 10 billion US dollar international fund for power production using renewable energy sources. In addition to promoting clean energy, the organization also wants to ensure that African countries, including Angola, are able to improve access to electricity in both urban and rural areas. The Development Bank of Angola has announced a credit portfolio estimated at around 400 million US dollars to finance investment projects by Angolan entrepreneurs. The resources will be made available according to the activity carried out by the entrepreneurs in different provinces and sectors of activity. Highlighted by the government as paramount to Angola's development, road repair and road construction are a top priority for the executive. With this in mind, the government plans to build over 2,000 kilometers of paved roads by 2024 in the provinces of Namibe, Konene, Wila, and Kuanda Kubango, and is expected to spend 268 million US dollars to improve Luanda's roads. The works in Luanda will be carried out through simplified contracting with 120 kilometers of road to be repaired in a number of municipalities. A delegation of British business people and investors recently toured the provinces of Huambo, Benguela and Luanda with the aim of assessing the mining sector in those regions. The delegation, which we're proud to say included Miranda Lines lawyers from both Miranda and Fatima Freitas, explored the Lobito Corridor and the Lobito Port and visited the Pensana Mining Project in Huambo, a mineral reserve in the municipality of Lagonjo, known as Rare Earths, which has the potential of becoming the first large and NDPR rare earths mine in Africa. The Angolan Parliament recently approved the Insurance and Reinsurance Activity Act, which allows for the opening of the national insurance market to branches of insurance companies based outside the national territory, as well as the possibility of national companies opening offices abroad. The statute also strengthens the powers of supervision and regulation of the Angolan Agency for Insurance Regulation and Supervision, which has now been granted the power to regulate on numerous matters, including deadlines for settlement of claims. With these and many other changes, the Act seeks to move the sector closer to the best international practices in the management of insurance companies. Cape Verde is to receive over 180 million US dollars from the World Bank by 2025, which doubles the previous financial package. Appointed as one of the country's strategic partners, the World Bank has been providing significant support to Cape Verde during the COVID-19 pandemic and is looking to support the country's economic recovery. It is currently carrying out 11 projects in the country in the areas of tourism, education and skills development, transport, social inclusion, energy energy, digital economy, health, business, and access to finance for micro and small enterprises, totaling 223 million US dollars. 
World Bank will also co-finance the construction of solar power plants on four islands in a 16.5 million US dollar project that will generate more than 3.5 megawatts of power from renewable sources. The project, which includes the construction of the infrastructures to interconnect these plants to the public grid, as well as the installation of batteries to guarantee storage of the energy produced, should be concluded in five years, after which exploration will be adjudicated to private companies selected by public tender. Cameroon is hoping to join the International Solar Alliance, a collaborative platform for increased deployment of solar energy technologies as a means of improving access to energy, ensuring energy security, and driving energy transition in its member countries. The Minister of Water and Energy has been vocal about the advantages of membership, citing access to innovative solar technologies and adequate funding for the development of solar energy production equipment, which would help diversify the country's production sources ensure the security of energy supply, especially in the northern part of the country, and reduce the relevant ecological footprint and greenhouse gas emissions. In another effort to diversify Cameroon's energy mix, Eneo, the country's public electricity provider, plans to build solar plants in 2022 in the towns of Banio, Poli, Yoko and Toboro. The aim is to make these isolated thermal power plants hybrid, both solar and thermal, as has happened with the plants in Jum, Domie and Garua Bolai. Meanwhile, the government is seeking funding for the third phase of a solar electrification project for a thousand communities led by the Chinese company Huawei. Much like the first two phases of the project, the search for funding is being conducted with Chinese partners. After having presented the Invest in EG Energy project at the Sarah Week 2022 conference in Houston, Texas, Equatorial Guinea's Minister of Mines and Hydrocarbons recently presented the initiative to national and foreign companies operating in the country. The implementation of the project will involve events and conferences and working with different organizations such as the Africa Energy Chamber and the Africa Business Energy Forum Center, with the ultimate goal of bringing in foreign investment to carry out the next phase of the country's development by 2035, thus supporting the revitalization and diversification of the economy. Over in Mozambique, the government is committed to improving the business environment by promoting a macroeconomic and regulatory environment that is favorable to the growth and competitiveness of Mozambican businesses. To achieve this goal, the executive has pledged to strive for fiscal consolidation, implementing measures to mobilize more revenue and to hold back public expenditure in order to maintain macroeconomic stability. While the government will prioritize policies and measures to encourage investment in priority productive sectors, namely agriculture, fisheries, industry, energy, tourism, and infrastructures, the private sector will play an important role in the process by identifying areas in which it can participate directly. Still in Mozambique, and with a diverse and inclusive business environment in mind, the government and the United States Agency for International Development signed an agreement under which 1.5 billion US dollars of aid will be provided to Mozambique over the next five years. The financial aid is a formal renewal of the partnership between the two countries, which are determined to find new solutions to Mozambique's current development challenges and capitalize on the country's massive potential. 
At the end of March, Mozambique's 17th annual private sector conference showcased a portfolio of 54 projects from various key sectors totaling close to 1 billion US dollars. With the theme of reforming the business environment for economic recovery, the event comprised three main pillars the promotion of a public private dialogue, the Mozambique Investment Summit, and the marketplace. In Portugal, the government has stated that the current investment in the port of Sinj is worth 17 billion euros, which establishes the project as a large logistics, energy and technology hub that will become a strategic point for gas imports into Europe. The European Commission has approved the payment of over 1 billion euros to Portugal to finance its National Recovery and Resilience Plan, of which around 550 million euros are grants and 609 million euros are loans. The funds come from the Recovery and Resilience Mechanism, the main instrument of Next Generation EU, which will seek not only to fix the consequences of the pandemic, but also to make investments in the EU's long-term future. The Democratic Republic of the Congo joined the East African Community, a regional bloc which includes Burundi, Kenya, Rwanda, South Sudan, Tanzania and Uganda. Joining the bloc will facilitate trade and attract investment by lowering tariffs and administrative barriers. The Dutch government has committed 25 million euros in funding towards water projects in Senegal through the Water Sector Fund, an initiative established by the Dutch government and the European Investment Bank to support water and sanitation projects in developing countries. The funding will support the EIB in developing climate-resilient water infrastructure, making water projects more sustainable and attracting additional funding from the private sector to ensure that sustainable development Goal 6, which focuses on access to safe water and sanitation, is met. In Timor-Leste, the government has established the processing of private projects for optical fiber as one of the country's top priorities. To that end, the executive approved a deliberation in which it recognizes and welcomes private investment in the telecommunications sector, in particular the installation of fiber optic cables for the telecommunications network. The deliberation adds that notwithstanding public investment in the submarine fiber optic cable system, private investment may contribute to an increase in system security as well as the technological development and to a wider and better supply of telecommunication services to consumers. Finally, it highlights the need to streamline administrative procedures in order to expedite the materialization of this investment in the sector. It should be remembered that in addition to private investment, the government itself is investing in a project to connect the fiber optics system to Australia, an initiative currently in the procurement phase. We hope you enjoy this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back with you in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 19 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. If you have time, also drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Diana Teodoro from our Lisbon office and Luis Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro 
from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.